1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Badger Daylighting Limited twenty twenty fourth Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require operator assistance, please press star and zero. I would now like to do so today's conference call. Pramod Bhatia, you may begin.
2: It's th- thank you, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. My name is Pramod Bhatia. I'm the VP of Strategic Planning and Investor Relations for Badger Daylighting. Welcome to Badger's fourth quarter 2020 earnings call. On the call this morning are Badger's Chief Executive Officer, Paul Vanderburg and Darren Jaworski, Badger's Chief Financial Officer. Badger's 2020 annual and fourth quarter earnings release MD&A and financial statements were released after market close yesterday and are available on the investor section of Badger's website and on CDAR. We are required to note that some of the statements made today which may contain forward-looking information. In fact, all statements made today which are not statements of historical fact are considered to be forward-looking statements. We make these forward-looking statements based on certain assumptions that we consider to be reasonable. However, forward-looking statements are always subject to certain risks and uncertainties, and undue reliance should not be placed on them as actual results may differ materially from those expressed or implied. For more information about material assumptions, risks, and uncertainties that may be relevant to such forward-looking statements, please refer to Badger's Q4 press release, 2020 MDNA, along with the annual information form. Further, such statements speak only as of today's date, and Badger does not undertake to update any such forward-looking statements. And with that, it's my pleasure now to turn over the call to Paul Vanderbilt. Paul. Thanks,
3: mode. <clears throat> uh, before we review the quarter uh, and the 2020 financial results, I'd like to take a minute uh, on health and safety. Safety is core, it's a core value at Badger. We're proud of our 2020 response to COVID, and it really reflects the fact that Badger is an essential services provider. And our ability to safely service our customers under all operating conditions was a real testament to the hard work and dedication of the entire team. We maintain procedures to address any situation that could come up and continue to adjust these procedures based on changes in local circumstances, regulations, and various health orders. Even though we are now looking past this pandemic and positioning the company for market recovery, we continue to focus on maintaining safe working procedures for our employees and our customers. Aaron will talk in a minute about our financial results but I would like to touch on what I believe are the most significant accomplishments the company achieved in 2020. We're pleased with our 2020 results, which reinforce the resiliency of Badger's strong business model, maintaining solid margins and a solid financial position throughout the year. We successfully completed our multi-year ERP implementation in Q1, which now provides much better insight into our business and allows us to adjust to market conditions and opportunities in a much more proactive way than we could with our legacy systems. When COVID hit North America, we were very proactive and recalibrated our expense structure early in Q1, or Q2, and continued that lower cost structure throughout Q2 and into Q3. In Q4, we began to position Badger for market recovery. This involved hiring and training operators, which can take two to three months, hiring sales and also operation staff. There's a lag between staff additions and their impact on revenue, but the additions are required in order for us to be ready for a stronger 2021 that we widely expect. In Badger's business, we always want to have a truck when a customer calls. This is critical to our service delivery model. We've continued this process in Q1, and in addition to preparing for an expected strong market recovery, we're also preparing for the traditional summer construction season. Now a couple of comments about the fourth quarter. Revenue in the quarter was in line with our expectations at 130.6 million, or about 81% of the fourth quarter in 2019. And for the full year, revenue was 558.6 million, or about 85% of the revenue realized last year. While 2020 revenue was lower than last year, we believe this was a good result, given that North America went through the most severe economic contraction in more than 80 years. In fact, it's my view that it was more like a wide-scale natural disaster than a traditional economic recession. A couple of comments on the business updates and the business outlook. We started off Q1 2021 slow due to the extended job site holiday shutdowns. Business really didn't get going until the week of January 11th this year. We also saw severe winter storms at blanketed the southern U.S. unprecedented storms. As the quarter progressed, though, we started to see signs of market recovery and especially an increase in bidding activity, which is very positive, and we expect that will benefit future months. This year's storm activity in the winter has highlighted the potential future opportunity for the company, which could result in the need to strengthen North America's critical infrastructure. We continue to build our company to capture the growing opportunity and to support our customers' infrastructure maintenance and renewal. It's our core business. We were excited to share in our December Investor Day the growth we see long-term for our market, a seven to nine times multiple from where we stand today for for non-destructive excavation. There are multiple avenues to growth for Badger that we are capitalizing on. Growth in new markets, growth and increased fleet utilization and also growth in fleet size uh, as required. In 2020, we continue to invest in growth right through the market downturn. We opened 21 new areas last year. We continue to position Badger to capture the long-term growth we believe that's there. There are many markets in the U.S. where use of non-destructive excavation is in its very early stages. As we previously discussed, we're actively recruiting for a head of sales and marketing to further augment our commercial leadership and to help execute on our strategy for market growth. Last year, we built 85 new Hydrovacs and retired 57, ending the year with 1,392 units for a net increase of 28 units from 2019. As we previously discussed at our December investor day, our current fleet size can support revenue of over $700 million. We continue to focus in the short term to drive fleet utilization to drive return on invested capital, which, of course, um, um, is a is a real good long-term shareholder objective. We'll add uni- un- new units when and if required. Because of the near-term focus on utilization, we currently expect to build between 20 and 30 units this year and retire 60 to 70 units. We've kept our base level of production at the Red Deer plant through the pandemic in order to retain key staff. This maintains our ability to scale up production as required to respond to growth in the market conditions. We're confident in our ability to ramp up production when it's required. Regarding the plant, We're very pleased with the work that the manufacturing team has done during the production slowdown. We've taken advantage of the slowdown to reconfigure process flows and upgrade part storage and warehousing at the plant. This increases our capacity to at least 350 units per year. The 350 compares to our historical peak production of 220 units in 2014. So for the foreseeable future, we'll have enough capacity in Red Deer to adjust to market demand as needed. We also see ESG as a critical success factor in the years ahead. Non-destructive excavation is closely linked to ESG objectives. We made good progress on our ESG initiatives in 2020, aligning these initiatives with our business and corporate strategy. We will be sharing our inaugural ESG report with investors in the near future. As discussed in previous quarters, We continue to review all aspects of the business to drive further enhancements in operating and financial performance. We continue to focus on providing shareholders with sustainable and balanced returns. Badger always manages for the long term. During 2020, we increased our dividend by 5%. Given the growth we expect in the business for 2021 and beyond, we're pleased to announce that the board approved a 5% increase in our dividend effective with the March 2021 payment. This increase marks the sixth year that we've increased the dividend and highlights the strong cash flow generation and the continued growth that we see servicing the non-destructive excavation sector. The board also approved a new NCIB program. Badger is seeking approval from the TSX to repurchase up to 1.5 million shares. We expect the program will be approved in the normal course and will issue a press release when it's completed. Uh, as a reminder, our previous NCIB program expired last May and we didn't renew it at the time due to the market uncertainty. Our view is that the NCIB has a value in Badger's long-term capital allocation strategy and we're pleased to have another program in place. Since we started our initial NCIB back in 2018, Badgers repurchased and canceled approximately 6% of the float. And now I'll turn things over to Darren to talk about financial results.
4: Thanks Paul. In light of COVID-19, we continue to see revenues and customer activity levels vary regionally across Badgers Network in Canada and the United States. As Paul noted, our revenues for full year 2020 came in at 85% of the level achieved in 2019. But given the economic contraction due to the pandemic, we believe this is a good result. RPT in the fourth quarter was approximately $24,000 $24, compared to $31,000 in Q4 2019 and $28,000 in Q3 2020. For the trucks that operated in the quarter, RPT was approximately $30,000 versus $33,000 in Q3 2020. We look at RPT for trucks operating as it provides insight into operating efficiency, which shows that we have more room to grow the business through utilization of the existing fleet. Gross margin for the quarter was 24.1%, or approximately 520 basis points lower than the prior prior year. Gross profit margin was impacted by slower activity levels due to COVID-19, as previously mentioned, and higher labor costs. After successfully managing costs in Q2 and Q3, we began recruiting and training operators sales and operations staff to ensure that our business is well positioned going into the 2021 construction season and to take full advantage of what we expect to be a strong market recovery. We are a service business and we view these additional costs as an important investment to ensure that Badger always has a truck and operator available when a customer requires it. As we've discussed in previous quarters, our financial results are now reflecting the lower GNA run rates that we talked about early in 2020. G&A expenses were approximately $2.2 million lower than prior year, even after excluding approximately $100,000 in, in government-related assistance. As confirmed in our fourth quarter press release and consistent with our disclosure in 2020, we continue to anticipate our 2021 GNA expenses to be approximately $40 million. Of course, we always review any cost efficiency opportunities as they appear. Adjusted EBITDA for the fourth quarter was $22 million compared to $35.8 million in the previous year. Adjusted EBITDA margin was 16.8% compared to 22%. Again, expenses and EBITDA margin reflect our investment in direct cost position for expected market recovery and the strategic initiatives to support long-term growth and shareholder value creation. Badger maintains a focus on ensuring the strength of our balance sheet and financial flexibility. We've continued to make meaningful progress in accounts receivable. Since Q3 2020, we have reduced our outstanding receivables in the over 120-day bucket by approximately $8 million, and subsequent to quarter-end, reduced it by another $4.5 million. Overall. Uh, as of this past Monday, we reduced our um, receivable portfolio to about $110 million, or a DSO of less than 80 days. Effective October 1st, we signed an agreement with Export Development Canada, which is a Government of Canada Crown Corporation, to ensure our trade receivable balances. This insurance will supplement the improvements we have made in our internal process and reduce overall collection risk. Finally, we had an in excess of $340 million in total liquidity through a combination of cash on hand and our committed credit facilities at the end of the year. Our debt to ibit ratio was 1.2 times, well within the credit facility covenant of four times. I'd like to turn the call back to Paul for final comments. Paul?
3: Thanks, Darren. Just a couple of comments before we open it up for questions. Um, we anticipate that the economic future, future is going to become much more clear as the vaccination process is progressing very rapidly. We're encouraged by this process and by the improvement in market activity that we've seen as Q1 has progressed. Very different situation at the back half of the quarter than in early in the quarter. Our view of the significant U.S. and Canadian long-term opportunity for non-destructive excavation and Badger's long-term growth prospects didn't change at all during 2020 when we believe that the heightened societal safety awareness focus on the integrity of infrastructure and focus on ESG supports further demand for non-destructive excavation. We saw the impact to infrastructure from last month's storms. We stand ready to help strengthen and maintain that infrastructure to mitigate the impact of those kinds of events in the future. So even though 2020 created a bit of a pause year in the journey of Badger's growth, We continue to focus on health and safety, looking forward to sharing our inaugural ESG report with you soon. We continue to invest in our organization to capture future growth, again managing for the long term, and these goals include doubling our U.S. operations revenue from fiscal 2020 levels over the next three to five years, growth in our adjusted EBITDA margin to 28% or 29%, that range over the next three to five years. And continuing to target uh, revenue per truck per month to be over thirty thousand um, over time. And we continue to focus on overall shareholder returns, increasing the dividend for by five percent and renewing the NCIB program. Badger's proven business model, our operating scale and flexibility, diversification of end use and geographic markets, combined with our strong operating track record that was tested and found very successful in twenty twenty and managing across all stages of the economic cycle, support achieving our long-term growth aspirations. So with those comments, let's turn it back to Kevin to open it up for questions. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, if you have a question or a comment at this time, please press the star, then the one key on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to move yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Our first question comes from Yuri Link with Canada Core
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
5: Paul, I, I thought uh, all the hiring was going to be in in the first quarter. Um, so, you know, did, did, did the change change? Uh, was there a change of plans in terms of the the um, the onboarding of, of of operators to do it a little bit earlier than, than normal? And secondly, maybe just drill down a little bit on on what the demand indicators are that that you're seeing to uh, Start onboarding and training um, well ahead of the the construction season. I think it's a little bit earlier, but you can correct me if I'm wrong.
3: Yeah, well, this is a unique year, Yuri. Um, there's the there's the traditional summer construction season, but there's also the recovery from this pandemic, and and uh, you know those two factors um, aligning um, as we see going into the spring and summer this year is is really the factor that drove us to start earlier. And we continue to invest for our long-term growth opportunities. Um, we've done a lot of work on market segmentation. Um, we went through that at the December Investor Day, and, and we continued to uh, invest in those initiatives. Um, and um, uh, again, these are all for the long term. So um, there's, there's uh, not a, just a traditional summer construction season, um, but we're also uh, looking at the recovery and also longer term. Um, on the indicator side, um, we've seen very good um, uh, uh, uptake, uptick in our uh, bidding, um, especially as we've gone into Q, Q1, um, and um, uh, that's very, very positive. Those will, those act, that activity will benefit, benefit us in uh, future months. Um, and the other thing we've seen is a pretty dramatic change in what was happening with covid and just to give you a little bit of, of uh, background on statistics, and these are some statistics just from our population of people. Um, I don't know if Badger is a good proxy for the US and Canada, but from um, the end of March through early December, just within Badger, uh, the employee population, we were running about six cases a month. So um, when we hit the beginning of December through the end of February, that jumped to 40 cases a month. So when, when you when you look at the impact we had in Q4, um, you know that that's a pretty big jump. Um, March so far, zero cases. So we've seen we've seen a real dramatic change, um, and and uh, very very positive. But um, you know it was a it was a rough COVID quarter uh, when we ended up uh, Q4, and uh, the holiday shutdowns were extended because of that. But I just wanted to share, those are just our statistics, and and it provides some color behind uh, uh, the type of shutdowns we saw around the holidays this year.
5: Okay. Okay. Um, Anything you can uh, help us with as we think about the first quarter? Um, You know, it sounds like it started off Pretty slow. It's typically the slowest quarter of the year. So, am I right in, in anticipating the you know it's it's going to look pretty similar to to, to Q4? Um, any color you could you could give us uh, would be would be helpful.
3: Yeah. Well, we're not we're not planning to um, do uh, revenue guidance quarter by quarter this year. We we did it last year because the downturn in COVID was so unprecedented. And the, the reason we're not doing it this year is because we had such fluctuation last year. Uh, the year-over-year comparables really really aren't that relevant. But the activity has picked up very significantly in March from where we started in January coming out of the holidays. That's probably the best color we can provide today.
1: OK, I'll turn it over. Thanks. Thanks, Yuri. Our next question comes from Maggie McDougal with STFO.
6: Good morning. Hi, Maggie. Um, I noticed in your uh, commentary in the MDNA that you you talked a bit about maintenance um, that you've done in Q4, and I know previously when you've sort of staffed up ahead of um, you know during a soft period ahead of better activity, oftentimes you'd put those people to work uh, kind of cleaning things up, making sure all the equipment's in good order. I'm wondering if that's the case in Q four, and then, if so, uh, where you're at in terms of maintenance, it, it, you must be ahead of ahead of where you normally would be this time of year if that is the case.
3: Yeah, the maintenance is really important, as you know, and you know Darren provided some statistics a couple of minutes ago about overall RPT and then RPT of units that we work. Um, and you know it's, it's it's good insight into operating leverage and labor productivity um, but we wanted to we want to make sure that uh, trucks even trucks that are, are not being used are continued to be maintained so the ratio versus revenue um, was higher in q4 we just wanted to call that out um, but again we always manage for the long term and and you know uh, hydrovat units have pumps and water and and, um you know systems that need to be maintained they do a lot better if they're running if they're sitting so um, we we want to make sure the fleet is ready um, for a busy uh, spring and summer so we continue to uh, do the work that's required
6: okay great um then also uh, wondering about um your plans and what's in progress in terms of increasing the throughput capacity at the Red Deer Manufacturing Facility. Can you give some overview of the types of things that you've done in order to increase the capacity there, a bit of detail, and then uh, when you expect that will be completed, if there's any additional costs we should be thinking of in the next couple quarters, and ultimately uh, how you feel this position you for your long-term growth strategy?
3: Yeah, no great great question. Uh, As we as we'd indicated in the MDNA, we're very pleased um, with the progress the team at Red Deer's made. Um, This is work that we could not have tackled if we were you know building 15 or 18 badgers a a month. So we had slow time and we've taken full advantage of it. But we've gone to a multi-line process with a multi-line throughput as opposed to one line. And we've also set up one of those lines that that, uh, can do multiple types of equipment, hydrovacs, uh, flusher units, specialty equipment. Um, We're adding a new MRP system, Materials Requirements Planning System. And I think uh, investors will recall that we did not um, uh, attack the MRP system for manufacturing as part of the Oracle implementation because we wanted to have our new manufacturing leader on board and um, uh, he's, he's tackled that along with our IT staff um, in the slow time, and, and we expect to have that up and running by year-end. We're actually going to use Oracle uh, functionality, um, which we'd already purchased, so um, uh, that's going to be a very modest um, implementation. And for ERP, Im- ERP implementations and using the word modest, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty pleasing outcome for me. Um, and then longer term, um, you know, we're, we're saying we, we think these changes, um, you know, will take us at, at least 350 units. Um, uh, I think we can do. We'll probably do better than that. We just need a chance to test it. And as the market recovery comes, um, uh, we'll have a chance to test it. Um, and then a final comment on longer-term strategy to your question, Maggie, is you know this progress we've made gives Badger a lot of optionality on our long-term strategy. So we can take a look at where we really, really want to be long-term, and we can actually study those factor costs and what the, the long-term best costing location to be building is. But um, this additional progress we've made gives us lots of optionality on timing, and um, you know, future substantial capital commitments could be deferred um, significantly. So um, uh, very, very positive work that's been done um, during this downturn.
6: Thanks, Paul. Um, one, one final question for me, I guess it's a two-part question, it's just on cost. Uh, so we've seen a lot of raw material cost elevation across a bunch of different commodities. Wondering if that is um, starting to be reflected in terms of inflation in your manufacturing costs, um, and then also perhaps tied to this is just How should we think about working capital? You've made some significant changes in terms of improving efficiency in that category, which has generated a lot of free cash flow for you. Should we be expecting an increase in working capital intensity as activity ramps up? Thanks.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cover the cost comment, and uh, I'll let Darren talk about working capital. Uh, his team has had wonderful uh, progress made in the last couple of quarters, so I think he needs to talk about that one. Um, on the cost side, um, you know, the costs that we've seen um, in 2020 have mostly been volume-related, so it's it's uh, fixed cost allocation, and, and as, as everyone knows, we maintained essential staff at the plant. Um, and, and we maintained a base level of of build to, to keep those positions, but it 's not as efficient <clears throat> nowhere near as efficient as if we were you know running um, you know we we 're managing for the long term, and these are our key production leaders and supervisors. Um, you know our ability to ramp up is greatly enhanced that uh, because we've retained them so you know the 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 cost in twenty twenty uh, really reflect that, that it's really more an investment for the long term. I, it's the right decision, and it's worked out really well for us. Um, on the on the factor cost, the cost of factors that go into Badgers, um, we've seen some modest increases um, in, in in things like metals um, and uh, modest increases in chassis, but nothing that's been you know would be considered material. Um, and and uh, the other thing we're doing with the the new manufacturing leader on board is we're actually um, uh, reaching out to suppliers and doing a lot more traditional supply chain activities, um, RFPs, expanding our our, uh, supplier network, um, expanding our network beyond Alberta, uh, across the US and even to Asia. So we're in the early days on that, but I'm pretty optimistic um, we're, we're gonna have some good success uh, going forward on uh, on the supply chain side, uh, also it's early days, but encouraging.
4: Thanks, Paul. Aaron on working capital. Meg, I'm, I'm reminded some previous uh, previous quarter discussions. You uh, you maybe make some commitments, and I'm glad to say that we're actually hitting those commitments. So, like I like I said in my um, earlier comments, we're running uh, sub 80 day DSOs right now. Uh, we anticipate whatever scenario that uh, that materializes itself, uh, hopefully to the upside, we'll be able to continue to run at that 80-day DSOs for, for your modeling purposes. <clears throat> you know, why do I have that confidence? Uh, when you start looking at our below 120-day buckets in our disclosure, you can see that we've cleaned them out. And we've cleaned them out uh, not because we were harvesting the receivables, it's because we fundamentally fixed the processes. So, uh, Promote Batia, uh, who opened up this call, um, also covers off do- double duty on the collection side and credit. Um, as does Kim Kiggins, who joined the company about a year ago, uh, have fundamentally changed that process. So, we've closed the front door on on allowing receivables to age out through our our portfolio. Um, the other piece that also gives me comfort in saying that we'll be able to, you know, really start to manage the working capital thoughtfully in 2021 is that we still have um, a fair amount of receivables sitting in the 120-day-plus bucket, and we've made tremendous progress in that, um, in that bucket over the last number of months. Uh, we've evaluated all of the uh, collectability, and we still think that um, all of that is collectible. So that is working capital that gets, um, you know, it's, it's really a latent capital that was carried over from previous periods, that we're going to be able to release in 2021. So all in all, I, I'm really confident that our working capital position will easily be able to uh, manage any kind of recovery in the business. Um, and by, you know, the other piece is that we've really underscored it by our, our liquidity, having over $300 million in liquidity um, provides the belt and suspenders to make sure that we can respond to any kind of market activity.
6: Thanks, Darren, That's that's really clear. Appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Maggie. Again, ladies and gentlemen. Again, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a question or a comment at this time, please press the star, then the one key on your touchtone telephone. Our next question comes from Jonathan Lambert with BMO Capital Markets. Good morning.
7: Hey, Jonathan. On the uh, Q4 direct costs, um, is there any portion you can point to? It will not be recurring in Q1 uh, and further out. It, it sounds like recruitment costs would have been very high and there would have been some downtime for all those COVID cases. Yeah, Jonathan.
3: Um, you know the the, the categories um, of hiring and training, uh, bringing operators back. I um, mean that will be continuing in Q1 because we are getting ready for the spring season. Um, and and um, um, you know the <clears throat> the, the COVID related costs we don't see recurring. Um, you know it, I, I gave some statistics earlier about how the cases have have spiked and dropped off, um, but um, you know you're going to see. Typical costs that we're we're incurring to get ready for the summer, um, and and um, you know the main thing is the way I look at it is you know the, the, the cost dollars are there, but as the revenue increases, you know that operating leverage really drives the percentage of direct costs down, um, and you know there's a there's a there's a, a, a variable and a semi-variable and a semi-fixed and a fixed component of Badger's operating leverage. Um, within the direct cost category and and um, you know that volume really works uh, uh, very very well um, once the uh, the volume kicks in so uh, uh, on a percentage basis um, I, you know I think as we get into the the q2 and q3 periods I think we're going to see a lot of
7: leverage uh, as the volume materializes thanks and the press release mentions that the fleet of trucks could support $700 million in revenue, are you able to provide any sense of how the number of operators now has returned toward pre-COVID or a level that would support that type of revenue?
3: Yeah, well, that's the, that's the charm, is managing the, the operators in the seats. Uh, the, tr- the trucks are the easy part. Uh, Maggie asked about maintenance, and you know we've we 've uh, you know made the maintenance investments required to be ready um, it 's all about timing for the operators and and you know it, as 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 you know um, badger's business model um, includes um, labor um, as uh, as variable a cost as we can make it so it's uh, it 's a real balancing act to have the right uh, operators uh, when they're needed so that 's the balancing act you 're going to see us continue with you know, once things get busy, um, then it becomes more of a steady state operation. But, um, you know, right now in, in uh, where we are in Q1, we're continuing that balancing act. And it's like that every spring. Um, but this year, it's 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 really unique because we're not only seeing the spring up upsir- upturn, but we're also seeing um, major customers return to doing work. Um, these are customers that you know, had really stopped doing work. A lot of maintenance and, and traditional things because of the downturn to conserve cash. So we're actually seeing new new customer names back um, that were major customers that had dramatic slowdowns last year because of COVID. So there's really multiple factors we're we're uh, uh, taking account for when we're balancing the, the labor going into the spring.
7: Thank you, and. Uh, People are inter- curious about recovering oil and gas and markets, and any potential benefits from the Texas storms. Um, you know, I know the press release just mentioned that that's more of a longer-term opportunity. Do, do you have any thoughts on potential uh, demand creation from you know either of those two uh, newsy items? Yeah.
3: Well, in our oil and gas markets, I mean, we are very well positioned uh, for recovery. Um, you know, the, our team there uh, in Western Canada, um, in the Rocky Mountain region, did a wonderful job in managing costs, um, you know, with the, the double whammy downturn that they had in 2020, um, you know, given the commodity cycle and also COVID. So we're very well positioned there, and, you know, operating leverage will be. Uh, pretty nice to see. Um, once we can put some volume back uh, with recovery in the in the commodity segment, um, and uh, you know, re- regarding the uh, um, the uh, uh, the the other activity, um, you know, in general activity, uh, we're generally very very well positioned.
7: Okay. Thanks for your comments.
3: Thanks, Jonathan. Our next question comes from Elias
8: Noskalis with Industrial Alliance. Uh, good morning
2: i've uh, got a morning. couple of
8: questions to ask um, I'm, I'm trying to get a handle on gross profit margin um, so I want to you know first focus annually uh, Would it be kind of fair to think of twenty twenty one gross profit margin as straddling uh, you know excluding covid uh twenty twenty and twenty nineteen um what do you mean by straddling
3: elias i will mean, be, be
8: blunt uh somewhere between twenty eight point four percent and thirty point seven
3: okay um okay no i i i kind of thought that's where your question was um i i, I we can't really comment on that um I, I can say though that if you want to look on an annual basis you know you you have the the uh the the, the slower q one. Uh, and you know the, the traditional summer pattern of Q2 and Q3. Again, you know we we um, uh, have the the, the double um, spring and summer ramp up and the recovery from COVID going on this year. So um, I can tell you, even internally and at our board meeting, um, you know we we we're, we're really taking a look at what the range might be depending on the uh, activity and then of course in Q4 you generally see things slow down again and we expect that margin will follow that pattern for all the reasons I talked about with Jonathan earlier um, on operating leverage and it has a big impact on gross margin. Um, so, uh, you know, the good news is, you know, Badger always manages that uh, cycle and um, uh, we're, we have a, a good business model to, to control our bigger biggest cost which is direct
8: labor. So. Uh, um, you know, you'll see a similar pattern this year seasonally. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't focused as much on the quarterly, but but the annual, I, I do know there's seasonality. Um, so, I mean, I can sort of move beyond that. Uh, uh, moving to quarterly, um, and, and again, noting that there is seasonality, I, I guess when I think back at 2020, I was a little surprised at how, you know, how weak Q1 and Q4 were relative to, to 2019, and how strong Q2 and Q3 were, again, relative to 2019, and also given COVID. So, in the question I ask, uh, you know, so I started with the annual margin, because it should be more stable, but, but now focusing on quarterly, is it possible that your ERP system is, uh, you know, uh, you know, because uh, it's new, not giving you you know, uh, some some data that's that's timely all the time.
4: Yeah, but Paul, do you do you mind if I no, go, go, go ahead, Darren? Well, I'll I'll start by saying that our ERP system is providing us with much better information than we've ever had, and I think that probably gave us the ability to respond the way we did in Q two and Q three. So if if I I'm going to try and blend a response to your previous question and this question on unpacking Q two and Q three. I think when you look at Q2 and Q3, that is us testing out the art of the possible for the company. Um, and so we've, we've, we've managed to make sure that uh, we can run the company to be able to hit our strategic milestones. One of those strategic milestones is the uh, EBITDA margin of 28 to 29 and, percent, and that's the basis which you may want to use to start, um, you know, uh, doing the math on on your initial question. Uh, so we've got the 28 to 29 percent target EBITDA margin. Um, then we've um, we've largely fixed our GNA costs, which will give you a, a, an implied range of where we probably want to be uh, from a, a gross margin perspective. Some of the strategic initiatives that we talked about in the December investor day, we're investing in to lock that in. So the the value that we saw in Q2 and Q3 of 2020 we're investing to make sure that we, we lock in that goodness in future periods. And that means that we're going to have to, to invest some money upfront to be able to, to lock that value in. But that, that's the way I would look at your math on an annualized basis, is that we've been able to fix as much as we can on the G&A cost, so it's not variable. Um, there are some um, uh, fixed cost and semi-fixed cost in our direct costs, and I won't get into that in great detail that we're really trying to, to drive a lot more efficiencies in. Um, and like I said, that's what we've been investing in in Q4 and we will continue to invest in in Q1 to try and lock in that value. All of which gives to Paul's point is you get an inflection point where our operating leverage starts out, outstripping revenue growth. Um, that's, um, you know, we, we demonstrated that ability in Q2 and Q3 and like I said, we want to lock in that, that value proposition in, in the outer years. Pa- Paul, I don't know if you want to add anything to that.
3: No, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's, those are relevant comments. Um, and, you know, 2020 was an absolutely unprecedented year. And you know we flexed on the downside, and we're very pleased with the results we, ca- we came up with. It just happened to be on the heels of the ERP implementation, and I can tell you the KPIs and the dashboards our people our people have today, Elias, are dramatically different than they were 12 months ago. So, you know, weekly P&Ls and, and daily looks at labor. I mean, we, we didn't even have any of that a, a year ago. So. Um, very, very excited about that from the ERP, um, but it's early days on, on 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 using that information. And and but the way I look at it, it's uh, it's going
8: to help dramatically um, over time. Okay, uh, th- that's it for me. Um, I think most of my other questions are answered. So thanks very much.
1: And I'm not showing sure any further questions at the time. I turn the call back to Paul for any closing remarks.
3: Okay. Thanks, Kevin. And, and thanks to everyone that participated today. Uh, on behalf of all of us at Badger, we thank our customers, employees, our suppliers, and shareholders for your ongoing support that really makes Badger successful. So, Kevin, please end the call.
1: Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, that's conclude today's presentation. You may now disconnect and have a wonderful day.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.